All right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman. It is always with me today's Mr. Jake Peters. We are P.S. This is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast, and this is episode 244. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. YouTube.com slash P.S. This is Awesome. You can visit us on Twitter at P.S. This is Awesome. And if you want to make fun of our trophy lists on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. And as always, you can write the show at P.S. This is Awesome at gmail.com. And don't forget to share the show with your friends and make sure you leave comments, rate our podcast as you see fit to help the algorithms get the show into all of the PlayStation gamers out there. So as a reminder, we're a video podcast as well, so you can actually watch the podcast if you prefer on our YouTube channel. And for new and or long-time listeners, we have a Patreon site where you can support our show for $1 a month. The level is called the One and Only $1 Club. You can head over to patreon.com slash awesome and become a $1 patron, and we will mail you a free die-cut vinyl sticker in the mail and give you a shout-out on our show. And uh, I, before we get into how we're doing, I want to say to Played by Ken, who was our most recent uh, uh, patron, I for some reason completely had a mind blank, and I have your envelopes just sitting here. I haven't sent it yet. I was supposed to send it last week. So your sticker will be on the way. I apologize if you haven't gotten it yet. It didn't get lost. And uh, that's completely on me, and that's the rat race I'm running. So um, it will be out to you. Uh, I'm going to throw it in the mail today, even though it's Sunday. I'm going to put it in the mailbox today. So you should uh, – I know what Monday's a holiday I believe, so uh, it probably won't actually start transit until Tuesday, but you should have it by the end of the week. Apologies for that, and uh, I'll throw in an extra sticker for you, so now you can have two. Um, with that out of the way, Jake, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, it's Sunday. It's nice outside, believe it or not. Probably going to be one of the last nice days of the year. Yeah, uh, we always say that, but then we have like a beautiful day in fucking November or something. It's a beautiful but, day. <laughs> you too. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I um, I'm not a huge fan of fall, so <sighs> I am looking forward to. Uh, actually, I'm basically spending most of today after we do the podcast doing demolition outside. So that's. Probably not going to be super fun, but at least I'll be able to enjoy the weather a little bit. I think it's ridiculous that you don't enjoy fall because it's my favorite holiday. It's like the whole season's a holiday to me. It's my favorite time of year. Yeah, I agree with you that the leaves suck, the allergies suck, but man, when it comes to body temperature, there's nothing better than being able to take put some on and take some off, right? And uh, be comfortable at all points during the day in the evening. Uh, and sometimes in the summertime, it doesn't matter. You could be naked and still be completely uncomfortable. And then sometimes in the wintertime, it doesn't matter how many layers you put on up here. You're still cold. Your feet are cold. You know, your nose is running. So, man, fall is where it's at for me as far as temperature. And uh, I will say that uh, on my end, um, this is uh, next topic briefly, is that my internet has been kind of kind of weird so um, if, if there's some cutting out or if there's some uh, video glitches, that's not going to be repairable on the podcast. So you just have to deal with it, listeners. But uh, hopefully it goes through all right this time around. I know we had some glitches last show. but uh, um, That's one thing that I, I, will, I will admit that I think has gotten worse about the podcast since we switched to Discord. Mm-hmm. It seems like the latency in Discord is not as good as it is in Teams. 
or Zoom or whatever the fuck we're whatever using. Whatever we're using, yeah. Yeah. I might we didn't have nearly as many issues with the the jumping and jiving as it just sucks that, you know, we kept getting freaking cut off. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm gonna edit your video here a little bit while we talk in the uh channel because for whatever freaking reason your uh your video clip right now, speaking of Discord is is not edited quite the same way and this little green bar kept popping up so just trying to do a little quick uh on the on the fly maintenance on the youtube video for the listeners who are wondering why i'm talking like an idiot right now um all right so real quick this has been a hell of a weekend for me it's in a good way uh i'll start off by saying i met malachi from children of the corn um, his name is Courtney Gaines. He was at the Eerie Horror Fest. I went to that on Thursday night. I saw two screenings of really interesting horror movies. Um, listened to uh, the uh, the director of one, the, the, the one movie which is actually on Shudder, is called uh, Hellbender. And uh, it, was, it was interesting. Um, long story short, it's about a couple witches. And uh, they don't... You know, the daughter is brought up not knowing that she's got witch's blood in her, and the mother's always trying to protect her on private property. And people come onto the land, and like, mom does what she has to do to keep her daughter safe, right? And keep her daughter from hurting other people. So um, it was really interesting. And the, and the director was at the Eerie Horror Fest, and he was talking. And uh, it's it was uh, there were a lot of there were a lot of parallels with being an independent musician and hearing their story on how they finally started breaking through. It's like the big thing for them was getting distribution to Shutter and putting, you know, they've done like eight movies. I think they've only done three horror movies. The most recent ones were, was this uh, Hellbender movie. But uh, they're a family, right? Uh, husband, wife. Uh, the wife is actually a pretty well-known, well, relatively well-known actor, actress in the sense of things. And she was there. She did a heck of a job in the movie. She was, it was probably like some of the better actings for like an indie horror movie. It was like actually really believable. Uh, she had some really good parts, and uh, I guess she used to like be in some some Hollywood shows too. But as she got older, they just weren't interested in her anymore, or whatever. But um, so that was interesting. Eerie Horror Fest was cool. The other uh, movie I saw was called Piggy, which was uh, I believe it was all in Spanish, but I think it was I think it came out of Spain because all the shots seemed like they were out that way. I don't know. It, it was interesting. Um, long story short, it was really good. Uh, the bad guy, the, the 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 killer butcher guy, just wasn't scary. But it was more. It was like one of those. Sometimes horror gets a little too smart for itself. You know, like sometimes you just want to see a slasher, and sometimes you just want to see people get murdered and, and hung from meat hooks and be scared. But then, like they try to inject social commentary, like. Like the idea was was that you know she gets made fun of because of her weight. She works at her dad's butcher shop, and all the all the cool girls make fun of her, and she ends up at the swimming pool. And um, there's a weird guy in the pool, and you see his face and everything, and he's real quiet. And then you know she's getting teased by her by her uh, whatever you want to call them, um, her peers, and then she's running home, and she's really sad, and she's crying, and she got you know. Uh, but but then she sees this white van off the road and like one of the girls who was teasing her was in the back and like hand on the window bloody and she's like, oh, help me, help me. And then she's left with a decision. She's like, you know, you guys just fucking bully me all the time. Like I can let this madman kill you or 
um, I can maybe try to tell the police. And then it turns into this re- really interesting kind of, but it became like this commentary about like, you know, body shaming and stuff. And, and it's like, you know, I don't know if I want that in my horror movies, to be honest. Um, truthfully, like I, you know, I, I don't know. You do you, I get it. But like, I, sometimes I just want to see a slasher and see people get murdered. Like, I don't need the extra. Like, horror shouldn't be that smart. Like, I think the best horror movie that was smart, well, there was one uh, that uh, Jordan Peele did that was a make. Get Out was fantastic. Um, that was borderline horror, uh, I would say for sure. But I'm thinking more like slashers. Like, if you're going to have, like, people getting killed with machetes and getting their hands shot off with shotguns and, like, you know, hang from meat hooks, like, I don't know that there's a place. I, sure there is. Who am I to say? But I don't want it in my in my slasher films. I don't know. Anyways, I went to that Friday. Um, <laughs> Friday. Friday was I played a show in Indiana, PA, at a brewery called Levity Brewing. Fantastic. One of my friend Josh Travis. And then I came back late last night i went and saw john moreland play in pittsburgh at thunderbird cafe and that place is awesome they just renovated it so it's all street level right you go in it's like this really tiny looking bar um maybe like a double wide size of like a trailer or something you walk in it's all kind of dingy you have a little stage and then you go into the back and they apparently excavated like so much dirt out because you go in and then it just drops into this huge amphitheater kind of thing. And it's like, what? This is the same building? And uh, it's a beautiful stage. And uh, I saw Caroline Spence open for John Moreland last night. And Moreland just killed it. And I was with good company. So we had a good time last night. And here we are recording the podcast Sunday morning. So, Jake, did you do anything awesome this weekend? Okay, this is what I'm talking about. Uh, I think we are lagging. What's up? We are lagging. I you've think. been cut out. You've been cut out for like thirty seconds. Oh so. wow! All right. Well, I am certain that it recorded my voice through OBS, so that's annoying. I just asked what you were doing this uh, this past weekend. Did you do anything fun? Do you want to get into game talk? Um, basically working. So yeah. we can go ahead and start with games. All right. So games we're playing, Jake. Let's talk about that real quick. Um, I uh, have two new trophies. If you're following my my trophy list, the first trophy I got was I had a squad wipe in the darkest dungeon level. In darkest dungeon, I revisited this game, thinking, man, I should just beat this thing. And uh, I went into the darkest dungeon, and I just all my level six highest people just got wiped. And I was just like, fuck. That's why I quit playing this game. It's just too hard. Um, I got a trophy for it, though. And then I got a trophy for starting the quarry back up in movie mode. And I set it so that everybody dies. And I started watching it. And it's it's actually maybe a better movie than it is a game. <laughs> so um, I was using remote play on my, on my iPhone. I was lying in bed upstairs. My PS5's downstairs. My bedroom's upstairs. Our bedroom's upstairs. And I had remote play running on my iPhone. I was kind of laying on my side, and I had the buds in, and I was just watching the movie mode of the quarry while I was like kind of getting ready to go to bed. And it's like this is actually really good. And uh, you know, something like that, you don't care about input lag or anything. So um, I figured I could just maybe watch a run of it. And here's the thing for people who are trying to play the quarry. I know our listener Sean is because I think that's the new game he's playing for Halloween. If you're trying to platinum it. 
one of the trophies is is that everybody lives and one of the trophies is is that everybody dies and i was thinking if i just watch it in movie mode and everybody dies do i get that trophy also and i looked it up and google said no you have to kill everybody yourself and so i guess you could watch the movie figure out what decisions to make to get everybody to die I don't know. I don't know. I think it's going to be an, it's an easy trophy to get, but I think it's going to be uh, the platinum, but I think it's going to be very time consuming. I have about 46%, I think, on the quarry right now. I do want to platinum it because I think it would be really easy. But we'll see. I don't know if I love the game enough to spend that much time with it. Um, Jake, what have you been playing? Um, I finally beat Cyberpunk, uh, and. I really enjoyed it, but I was really ready to be done with it. I didn't really care for... So I looked up... Because there's like eight endings to that game. So I just looked up, like, what do people consider the best ending? Right. And and I didn't look up what the ending was. I just, like, the decision. You know, what is the... Because there's a decision at the end of the game. There's a couple that you make yeah. to determine where your ending goes. And so... And how the end of it plays out. And so a few different websites were like... You know, this is the proper ending. And uh, for those of you that have played the game, it's the ending where you uh, use the avocados to do the final mission. And so, avocados. Um, so I did it, and it was like it felt kind of. I don't know. It felt it felt a little bit like it was it was like. Good, not great, I guess. Mm-hmm. It served its purpose. Yeah. Um, so I did – I watched a little bit more of the cyberpunk anime and it is really fucking good. But man, is it gory. Holy hell. It is so violent. So and they're in – so if you're not into like super mature TV shows, even if it is animated, yeah. you're probably not going to like the cyberpunk anime because it is really – really gory um but it is it is good and then uh so i'm like six six or seven episodes out of ten into that and then um i started playing uh two or three days ago i started playing death loop um and i was choosing between either death loop or uh final fantasy integrate because i wanted to play that yuffie dlc and um I had them both kind of like in my queue to download and then I just decided to do the do Deathloop because I figure maybe that game's maybe a little bit shorter uh Final Fantasy I if I start that it could be anywhere from freaking 20 to 50 hours or something wow. like that. I don't know how long the DLC is. Hopefully it's not that long, but um but I figured I'd give Deathloop a shot and it's weird because this game is like I don't know that I would go as far as to say that it's polarizing because it, it won so many Game of the Year awards. Right. But there are people like like hardcore arcane fans that are like that dislike it. They say that it's not like a true arcane game versus, you know, the old dishonored games and stuff like that. And then but then I would say a vast majority of people are like this game is overwhelmingly great and is one of the better arcane games maybe because it's more approachable i don't know um i was worried about the whole loop mechanic because i i just i can't really tolerate time loop games i mean 
I really enjoyed that game that I played. Uh, I don't remember the name of it now. The one that I played a while ago that was where you're like go back in time to like the Greek era or whatever. I don't. It wasn't remember what Curse the of the was. Dead Gods, was it? No, no, it was something. It was something else. Um, Phoenix Rising. But, no, no, that wasn't a that wasn't a uh, a roguelike. But anyway, I. But I'm. It's cool because every time you loop, you are. You have objectives, and these objectives like give you more information and give you kind of new routes to kind of do things. Mm-hmm. It's not like. It's not like a loop game where you're just like. Let's say, for example, something like Hades, which is another really well-regarded game. That's a loop game, and you do have progression, but it's basically just you just have to get better and better and better at the game. And yeah, you get you do get items and upgrades and stuff that make it easier as you go or whatever. But generally, you just have to learn the enemies and get better at the game and stuff. And there is an element of that to this. Now, to be fair, I've only played it for like maybe four hours, so I'm not like super far into it. But in this game, it's like every time you loop, you you can you can aim for different objectives to gather more and more information to try and figure out how to kill all of these visionaries in one day because that's the goal. And there's eight visionaries and you have four basically times of day. So basically every day – uh, every day is – split into four sections morning noon afternoon and night and you can only visit one area of the island every uh every section of the day so you can visit four different places but there are eight visionaries so you have to find like ways to like get these people in the same spot at the same time so because sometimes a visionary will be will only be available at this location at this time of day so you have to find a way to like manipulate everything so that all of the visionaries are available to kill within a single loop, they call it, which is just one day. But in order to do that, you find these hints and clues and stuff, and they give you the and it gives you like objectives for you to find more information and more information and more information, and then you can kind of use that to do your thing. Um, I will say probably the best thing about this game, the gunplay is pretty good. It's definitely by far the best of any arcane game. Um, but I will say the best thing about this game is the dialogue and the voice acting. I'm not going to lie, dude. This is this game has, like, in terms of dialogue, voice acting, um, and just, like, the quality of the, like, audio is probably the best I've seen in years huh it's it's so good and uh i don't i don't know off the top of my head who the voice actors are that play um colt and uh juliana but their banter back and forth is so fucking good and then the even like when you're walking around the world and the enemies are you know standing in groups chit-chatting or with each other or whatever even their voice acting and their dialogue is really organic and natural and, and, and just done really well. It's one thing to like have the main characters be really good, but one thing that I've noticed, and it's similar in, in something like maybe The Last of Us or something like that, where you encounter 
NPCs in the world that are not main characters and even their voice acting and their dialogue is is really good and that's how you can you notice like these this attention to detail that's really right um that's really great now i will say like if you're familiar with arcane games you're gonna feel at home with this one a lot of this stuff a lot of the visuals a lot of the abilities and stuff are very similar um the one thing that i will say is that this is like for i can understand like the haters and what they say and that this is a very like arcane light kind of game like it's it's not as it's not as in depth with the roguelike elements i, I don't want to say roguelike but the the freedom it's not as in depth with the freedom the immersive sim aspects as like dishonored or something like that but it is still very good i might i don't know if i prefer it more than dishonored but it's definitely been really fun so far so i'm excited to play a little bit more of that interesting i uh a game like this just sounds like it will feel like a homework assignment which is an instant turn off for me like it just feels like i got to put a little too much legwork into completing the game i kind of thought that i felt that way too and i still kind of feel that way a little bit but the game does a really good job of giving you objectives so at least at, so far, it has done a good job of giving me objectives so that I'm not like constantly just looping the same fucking thing, getting the same guns, doing the same thing over and over again until I figure it out. And it may get to a point where I'm like, okay, I don't want to keep doing this and I just look up a guide of like what's right. the best way to get through it. You know what I mean? And, I, and I'm, I'm okay with that. To me, it's like I'll give it a, the college try. And then once I'm like tired of the loop mechanic, then I'll look up like sure. what's the best way to sure. do this. Sure, because it seems like you could do that with a game like we, this. It's not yeah, like, and you um, could do, do not to interrupt, but you can do that with any game. And like once you know, once a game gets a little stale, and you're just ready to be done with it, or you want to move forward, man, I've looked up so much stuff in my older years here. You know what I mean? Where I'm just like, yeah. I get it. I just want to go forward. So, and and maybe once you get past whatever section that you're stuck on, you put the guide aside and you try to trudge through it on your own again, you know. But I hate getting stuck in video games. Yeah, the problem problem with a lot of these roguelike games though is that a lot of them are skill-based. Mm. Like Returnal, for example, mm. I don't give a shit what kind of a guide you look up. It might tell you like what the items are and what the best ones are and stuff like that. Right. But if you're not fucking good at the game, you're not going to beat it. Yeah. So that's one of the things that's kind of nice about Deathloop is that the game is just – if you're good at sneaking in first-person shooters or, or at least even remotely okay with it, you're going to be fine at this game yeah. if you're used to playing an arcane game. Interesting. But I don't know. So let, let's jump into whatever you got here for us. Yeah, I have a little bit of listener feedback uh, and, and played by Ken is is like batting 100% since he found our show. He's always writing us and I, and I freaking love it. So thank you. And uh, if the listeners are getting tired of hearing played by Ken writing in, write in yourself. Put something in on the show. Um, yeah, but no, but thank you. We do. <laughs> I'm just being a little facetious and ridiculous here. Um, I don't mean it. I'm very, very grateful for you all. But uh, yeah, so played by Ken wrote in, and uh, I love hearing from you, dude. And uh, 
he wanted to just kind of encourage us to do a Halloween episode and talk about scary games, our top five or top ten or whatever. I think that's where, where we're going to go anyway. So thank you for that encouragement and that vote of confidence that maybe we should do that. And uh, he also real uh, I didn't realize, but he also mentioned that Toem that we picked last month for PS Plus uh, free games was only available for the PS5. It was there wasn't a PS4 free version, so he mm. does not have a PS5, so he wasn't able to play through with us on that. So, our apologies. Yet it's still one of the three, and we are kind of. I think we're just rolling with the podcast as if you know, if people have PS5, then you can jump on. If you don't, then sorry if we pick a game that's not otherwise. But there is good news later in the show regarding PlayStation Fives and their availability, which we'll be talking about later. So keep listening. But yeah, thanks for that. I didn't realize that the Toem free game was only a ps5 version so and they do tend to do that sony does do that but they'll have like a ps5 version and then they'll have like two ps4 games so as far as i know they are only beholden to give us one free ps5 game per month for the basic plus rollout now all of them work on the ps5 because the ps5 is backwards compatible with ps4 so i don't really pay attention to that stuff so interesting so thanks for running in notifying we will do a halloween episode for sure where we'll talk about probably top five or top 10 scary games on our list um that'll be fun and hopefully uh sean has a uh, write-in that we can uh, quick game recap or review we can read on the show um he wanted to do a little contribution to the show and i'd be happy to have that happen and then uh just as a reminder, the plus games of the month are uh, going to uh, the game that we we chose to do this month is Hot Wheels Unleashed. So if you want to join us in playing Hot Wheels Unleashed, we will have a conversation at the end of the month about that game as well. So let's move on to the news section of the podcast. I'm kind of uh, dropping the ball here for time stamping stuff, and I'm making myself angry because it's a pain in the butt to go back and re-listen to the podcast to find these things. But uh, let me see here. So we've got news, and uh, the first first point of news here, Jake, and it actually involves um, Arcane, and uh, the notes say Ar manned <laughs> because I was trying to do the notes for my phone earlier. Um, but uh, Arcane confirmed that Deathloop is actually canon in the uh, same universe as Dishonored, which I think is strange. Does that make sense to you at all? Um, kind of. I mean, they they have very similar look and feel, and I guess it's probably relatively easy for them to make that distinction. Uh, I I would be curious about like the time period, like what the difference is in the time periods, because they do have very different technologies. Dishonored seems a little bit more antique. You know, maybe like more turn of the century. Yeah, when I it say does. Turn of the century, I mean turn of the turn of the twentieth century, not turn of the twenty first century. So, um, whereas is uh, Death Loop seems a little bit more like like seventies, eighties era um, kind of. So, like, it seems like Death Loop is maybe a little bit more in the future, but still has a lot of that yeah. kind of classic vibe to in, it. So, yeah, universe is a broad. Universe is big. It doesn't mean it's even on the same planet, right? Or the same time period. It just says it's yeah. it's in the same universe. So well, and Deathloop and Deathloop is weird too because the whole idea behind it is that you're on an island, and there's a weird like temporal anomaly on the island that causes this time looping. So it's like some fucking space time 
rip thing anyway. Yeah. Which means that it, they could literally write that however they wanted to put it in the universe. It is interesting. Yeah. Well, next point in news, and I think that this is good news uh, for Mortal Kombat fans, at least. Mortal Kombat, first of all, 30-year anniversary going on. Um, that's crazy that game's been around that long, and it all it all checks out. I did the math. 30 years ago, would have been 11. So uh, it seems about right. <laughs> and uh, it's crazy. But the creator, Ed Boon, recently indicated that there are no plans to stop making Mortal Kombat games, and uh, they're going to continue to innovate and push their franchise forward. And uh, I'm happy to hear that. You know, Mortal Kombat has a, a nice little tidy spot in my heart. I, I remember it as a kid fondly. I talk about it is one of the few fighters that I that I still like to play. That and Street Fighter are really it for me. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So Mortal Kombat, and I guess there's a really good. I didn't watch it. But I was over at Push Square, and they said that there's like a really, really cool 30-year anniversary um, finishing move uh, compilation trailer for Mortal Kombat's 30th anniversary. So I bet you it's just really rad. Um, I hope that it is. Anyway, so if you're interested in that, Mortal Kombat is not slowing down. They're going to keep going with it. So again, I kind of like that. Jake, you got an opinion on that? Like, I I like seeing a franchise like this kind of live through the test of time. Um, I, yeah, I think that it's, I think that it's going to be fine. Uh, and I think that they're going to continue to be successful. I have always been a fan of Mortal Kombat just from the, like the visuals and kind of like the, like the story. And it was a little bit more edgy than something like Street Fighter, which was a little bit more, you know, traditional. Mm -hmm. Arcadey, you know what I mean. So it was always cool. Plus, growing up in the '90s, there was that Mortal Kombat movie, which I, I really enjoyed as a kid. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say it was the greatest movie ever made or anything like mm-hmm. that, but like it had that fucking theme song that was like on everybody's fucking mixtape for a long time there. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think I think. Mortal Kombat definitely has a place in the industry and, and hopefully it continues to be a contender because there's a lot of stuff up and coming fighters that are that are really good, especially coming out of Arc System work. So um it's cool that they're gonna keep at it for sure. Yeah. Mortal Kombat <laughs> <He's just> yelling <laughs> so fucking over the top, dude. <laughs> I, I I just to tack on real quick, I love uh, I love that movie Bloodsport with Jean-Claude Van Damme. I don't know if you've ever seen Bloodsport, but it is so ridiculous. He's like a U.S. fighter. He's like a, a soldier. And uh, he 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 used to train back in the day with his sensei or whatever in Japan or wherever they do. And uh, he gets word that his sensei is like has fallen ill. And he goes there. And uh, I think to avenge his death or to be part of something. I, I don't know if the story is quite this he enters this very, very secretive um, uh, underground fighting competition and it's called Bloodsport. And uh, this is like when when MMA was kind of a new thing in real life and uh, they were putting like guys who weighed 140 pounds up against 300 pound dudes and just letting them go, go at it. And like this actually happened in real life. Like MMA didn't used to be what it is now. It wasn't regulated by weight or by fighting style. So they'd be like, this guy's like 
a, a like you know like a Muay Thai fighter, and this guy's a grappler. And one guy weighs like 250 pounds, and one guy weighs like 170. And we're just going to let him go at it. And they wanted to do this because they were trying to prove what fighting style was the best style in real life. This, this was a thing, but now it's all regulated and different. If you look at some of those old MMA fights, it's absolutely no holds bar, bedlam, crazy to see that those, that like this was like an officiated real thing. And guys were getting really, really, excuse my language, fucked up. And it was nuts. Yeah. So Bloodsport came out when I was a kid. And I had seen a couple of these MMA fights, and they weren't on cable television. Like you had to like get the VHS tapes and stuff to find them. And uh, Van Van Dam's character enters into this thing called Bloodsport, and there's this other guy he meets on the train, and like you have to have like a secret pass, and you go into like some sort of like China shop or something, and you show him the pass, and this guy's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, you're one of the fighters. Follow me." And he takes him, and then they go into this, these like real trashy apartments and stuff, and then they every morning they go to this underground ring. And there's like people betting on the fighters and stuff. But there's one bad guy. There's a bad guy in Bloodsport and he's known for killing his – literally killing his opponents. And he doesn't let up and no one can stop him. And you get in the ring with him, you could die. So Van, Van Damme and this guy at the very end of the movie go at it. And uh, I just remember – spoiler, it's like a movie from the 80s. But Van Damme ends up – this guy has like this headband. And he under his waistband or something, he has like this powder that can blind people. And he does this thing. And he's and he throws it in Van Damme's face. And he's like, and he's he, the whole time he's like this, like trying to fight blind, you know. And uh, it goes cuts to flashbacks of him training blind, doing all this stuff with his eyes shut and like his sensei training him. And he and he beats the living shit out of this guy blind. And he and he wins the fight, and everyone just goes ballistic. And uh, it's one of the it's one of the best fighting movies I've ever seen, and it's so campy and cheesy. But it's called Bloodsport, and you need to watch it. But every time I, I think of Mortal Kombat, I'm like, this is just like it's the Bloodsport of uh, video games. It's it's like Street Fighter. You never kill your opponents, right? In Mortal Kombat, you're ripping their spines out. <laughs> so like, it's just taking it to the next level. The ante's <laughs> a little higher. So yeah. Good on Mortal Kombat. That's freaking fantastic. Next news point. And if you guys if you guys remember Bloodsport or have seen it, I would like to hear your opinions of that, that movie. It's absolutely just ridiculous. Um, Kojima. Uh, you know, Hideo Kojima. Uh, weird things have been happening. Apparently a producer who was working. He, he posted this weird twid, tweet and it was like a uh, silhouette of a, a famous actress's face. Or, but you couldn't see. It was all blacked out and it was just like her hair. And people were trying to find that picture and like onion skin it, overlay it over what he posted to figure out who it is. Turns out it's Dakota Fanning. And uh, the producer apparently tweeted something and it was like, oh, uh, who knows what we have coming next? But then they hashtagged Death Stranding. And it was like, huh? And uh Everyone's like, oh, she screwed up. Like she hashtagged Death Stranding said, who knows what we have coming next. So like – so I mean that could be two things. It could be number one, she knows the people who – that was Kojima's latest game, right? So it's just like, OK, fair enough. Maybe we're just trying to get his audience. Or she screwed up and it's like a Death Stranding add-on or it's a Death Stranding 2 or something like that. So then she retweeted 
and said, oh, I forgot to put the question mark next to Death Stranding. And then she put the question mark next to it. And this also could be Kojima head games. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? No one knows. So uh, so I was looking into this, and I think it's it's L fan, oh. not Dakota Oh, Fanning. sorry, my bad. I think you are right. Correct. Thank you for the correction. Which is Dakota Fanning's younger sister, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, and I don't – so because there's – since I think that tweet happened – I think Kojima released. I'm trying to find it because I had it pulled up. He he put out like a like a poster that just has an image of L Fanning in red and black, and it says, like, "Where am I?" Hideo Kojima game. Who am I? And it says Dakota Fan- or Hideo Kojima cross <laughs> L Fanning. So like, and it's got this symbol at the bottom that I'm not really sure what the fuck it is. And it says Kojima Productions. So I don't know if this is a Death Stranding game or if it's just that, um, you know, maybe it's maybe it's something else. Yeah. Maybe this is his his uh, horror game that he was talking about making. Maybe this is the game that he's doing with Xbox or whatever. Mm. Uh, I I don't know to be honest with you. So. I guess we'll see when it comes out. Yeah, or gets announced. I guess. Really, really weird. Um, here's a here's a little interesting thing. Is in it, I'm probably about four degrees from Dakota Fanning, um, just through my contacts and people I know. So when we used to tour, we played a show in Cincinnati. We met this girl, and uh, she put us up a couple nights. Every time we come through that area, she put us up, and then uh, it just surfaced one time back then that she was related to Dakota Fanning. And I'm like, what? And this is like when Dakota was like younger, right? We're talking like this is back in 2006, 2007. And uh, her like second cousin or something is Dakota Fanning. So anytime I hear Fanning, my brain instantly goes to Dakota because I feel like I kind of know her, but I don't. You know what I mean? Like I have a, I have a <laughs> connection and I'm like, oh, of course it's Dakota Fanning. Of course. That name is in my brain. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, even, I didn't even realize that Elle was her younger sister whatever didn't even know that's a thing but uh anyways that's kind of interesting and yeah we'll see what kojima's cooking up uh nobody knows nobody knows but but he himself and uh you know i don't i don't know man i i hope it's a scary game and i still have not played death stranding and i'd really like to play that game um i would like to try it i just uh i I don't know i don't know i feel like it's gonna be a lot of time um to play that one but Anyways, we'll move on to the next news point. Jake, this is one I know that you're excited about. The Callisto Protocol, uh, we know is getting released in December. Um, the developer has come out and stated that the game uh, on their run-throughs is taking roughly 10 to 14 hours to complete. And that sounds like the perfect time to spend with a video game like this, I think. 10 to 14 hours. I guess there are some different paths you can take. In the game, they said, um, so depending on the, the the paths that you choose, the game could maybe be a little longer, a little shorter, but uh, they weren't, I don't think they were super clear about that, um, but that's that's nice to hear. Um, do you have any, any input on that news point, Jacob? Nope, I haven't been looking at anything about this game, because I'm just, I'm so excited to play it. It looks so good, and 10 to 14 hours, if that's accurate... I don't want it to be like five hours, but if that if that number is accurate and it's between ten and fourteen hours, I think that's a good number 
for me as a, a busy adult. That'll still take me a couple weeks to beat, and uh, I'm pretty excited about playing it, to be honest. Yeah, I think I think it's it's a very digestible size of a video game. All right, the next news point is only a rumor, but it is a this is a rumor worth discussing. And uh, apparently there's a website called like Leaks or something. I don't know what it's called, but they're indicating that they have uh, found that Sony has been working or at least has in the pipeline a Horizon Zero Dawn remake. Um, we need to talk about this. It's not confirmed, but it's all but confirmed, it seems, because various other sources are kind of saying, yeah, this seems legit. Um, so the game originally released in 2017, and we just got Horizon Forbidden West. Man, I don't like it. I think I don't know. I don't know that it's a game even worth remaking. It number one to me was not as impactful as The Last of Us Part One. It's also more recent than The Last of Us Part One, and uh, we just got Horizon uh, Forbidden West. Was or yeah, which is to me the exact same fucking game as Zero Dawn, um, just a little prettier. Like they didn't they, maybe some souped up mechanics, you know. What's your take on this? And and I think that what Sony's doing, before I let you get into it, because I know you probably have an opinion about this, it seems to me what they're doing is is any of these games that they are uh, getting TV series or shows, like they're trying to breathe like new life into it and maybe like, time it to come out around the time or have like the best version of the thing available so that when people get indoctrinated into the series and and invested into this, this the TV show or whatever it is the hope is that they're going to go buy the game and have the best experience they can have with that game um so I don't know I don't think that any, there's anything wrong with Horizon um Forbidden West I think what they also might want to do is or Zero Dawn sorry um I think what they probably also want to do is be able to have Horizon Zero Dawn with the PS5 logo on it on a shelf um, in a store. I guess. I mean, there is a PS5 version of Horizon Zero Dawn already, but it's it's not a remake, I guess. It's just like 60 frames or whatever. I, I don't know. This seems, to me, this seems just like a huge waste of resources yeah, to me. Yeah, thank you. I, I don't understand why they need to do this. Like, best case scenario, the game looks as good as Horizon Forbidden West and maybe uh, adds a couple of the additional, like, gameplay features and stuff that people liked about Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah. But they're not going to add content to this. They're not going to, you know, do anything really crazy with it. Maybe they'll add accessibility features or something like that, like they did with part one. Um, sorry, The Last of Us part one. I don't know. I This is fine. I mean, it is it is what it is. So it's Sony's money. They can spend it on whatever they want. But I certainly fucking hope that this isn't something that Gorilla is doing. So, but we'll have to, we'll have to see. I, I don't know. It, it's just, I would rather them just make something else. I are people really going to go back and and like buy this game again? I I, I don't know. Uh, I am. So, I'll say. We'll I'll see. say this. I am more. 
the 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 probability of me purchasing The Last of Us Part One at seventy dollars over purchasing a remake of Horizon Zero Dawn at like forty dollars is higher. Like. I am so over Zero Dawn, like it's ridiculous. I spent so much time with that game. I platinumed it. I just, I don't have, I don't have one iota inkling to want to go back to that game, especially because it's not so story driven and so emotionally impact impacting that like I want to go experience that again, right? Whereas like The Last of Us Part One, they can kind of get away with it. They caught a lot of flack, mind you. They did. They caught a lot of shit about it. And it confused a lot of like hardcore gamers why they did The Last of Us Part 1 remake. And like I said in the one podcast we talked about, it, I think in five years when we look back, I'll be like, I'm glad that that thing exists. But it was unnecessary. But I'm okay with it existing. Um, I think in five years if I look back and see they remade Horizon uh, Zero Dawn, I'll just be like, why the fuck? freak did they do that like there's no there's nothing uh, i know that sony's proud of that game and they're they're you know i don't know they're they're leaning on it a bit i think for sure for money and uh you know it is a fantastic game but i i don't think anything about that game warrants a remake i just don't it's it's enough with the times it's good enough as it is. Like you said, it's, it can already has like a PS5 upgrade. And it runs at 60 frames per second. It's a good game. Why, why do they need to remake that? Like it doesn't make any sense unless they're trying to do it for marketing purposes. I don't know. Who knows? Well, we don't know that it's true yet, right? It hasn't been confirmed. But I, I don't know. Maybe this this uh, leak will actually keep it from happening because all the negative blowback. Because I think a lot of people are on the same page we're on. Let's go to the next news point, Jake. Um, this is kind of cool, I think, in a weird way. So over on Push Square, it says that uh, they have a they have an article titled that Sony headhunts Nike Honcho to help build PlayStation's brand. So apparently, uh, according to the article, Sony has employed Andrew. Andrea or Andrea Perez um, to lead PlayStation marketing initiatives. Um, so it's it's interesting. Um, you know, it says that she's going to oversee campaigns related to PS5, PSVR2, PS Plus, and the PS Store. And uh, sounds like a pretty weird thing. And then in quotes, it says one of the things that makes Nike successful is the relentless pursuit of the voice of the athlete, Perez told Adweek. And it says uh, in parentheses, still on Push Square, Sony's marketing is focused on the excitement, joy, and emotion that gamers feel when playing their favorite games on PlayStation. There is no person around me in the team that isn't looking or isn't thinking about the player first. So um, I don't know. I don't think that this is bad. Um I don't think this is a bad look for Sony. I I don't know. I I like and I don't know what parts of marketing and advertising that Andrea Perez has been involved in with Nike, but I've always respected Nike's marketing. It never seemed like it was in your face, and it always kind of seemed like it was the cool place to be without being like super cool and hip right it's just like yeah all right nike's a good brand like 
it's just somehow ingrained in my head that they are like a lot of my running shoes are Nikes and then they get recycled into sneakers that I just wear around and I like them and there's there's something about the way they market and I don't I don't know I, I feel like they're always a little bit in touch with all demographics Nike and if they can do that with Sony and not just not just be the voice of hardcore gamers, which I think is essentially the Sony way right now. Um, I feel like hardcore gamers are really into Sony. I, I feel like a, they lose a lot of audience for casual gaming. Um, so if they can somehow, she can somehow, I don't know, create an optics for Sony that that makes it seem more inviting to everybody, um, I think that's a good thing. And, you know, this is definitely an area that Sony needs work. So we know that they're marketing and they're, you know, it's, well, especially for games themselves, but just in general. Um, you know, we've seen some of those live action trailers, which are kind of cool and stuff, but they're always just like uh, Easter eggs for current gamers that already play Sony games. Like it doesn't do much for anyone outside of, like, of that atmosphere already and that biodome. So. I don't know, Jake. What do you think about them uh, employing someone who obviously knows how to build and work with a brand? I think it's cool. I'll be interesting the kind of uh, like the path that they take. Nike's marketing campaign has always been kind of based around sort of empowering people a little bit. Exactly. In like whatever that is, whether it's, you know, running or or whatever kind of activity it is that they're kind of marketing towards. And I, I could definitely see them leveraging that kind of style to, you know, maybe mar- you might start seeing some campaigns showing people being successful at esports or, yeah. you know, uh, something else like showing how PlayStation is positively impacting these people's lives or whatever. Um, I'll be curious. I, I, I do kind of hope that they, cause this also though kind of leads me to believe that the marketing campaigns are going to maintain like a serious tack to them. I don't know that for sure. Well, they probably will. I, I do kind of miss the days of like Sony being a little bit more kind of, uh, flamboyant with their commercials and their marketing mm-hmm. and you know like crash bandicoot with the megaphone and all that kind of shit <laughs> um and i but that i guess it really doesn't matter as long as it does the job i don't know i mean the marketing is not for us i mean we're already buying this shit the marketing is for other people right that have yet to purchase a playstation or a psvr or whatever or may not jump on to ps plus yet or something like that so I don't know. It sounds like they they got someone who's experienced and this is kind of how you do it. If you really want to be successful, it's it's easier to just steal someone that's already good at it rather than trying to cultivate it within if you want immediate results. Now, I'm not saying that it's it's not going to do anything for the culture of the studio, but it might. You never know. They may change their culture based on the way that their marketing works. So it's it's interesting. but we should probably move on because I I don't have a ton of time left. So all right, yeah, Jake's got to roll soon, so we'll keep we'll keep <laughs> cruising forward. Um, so uh, the uh, uh, what does this even say? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. CD Projekt Red. Sorry, it says code opening. That doesn't make sense. CD Projekt Red has a new studio. They're opening up in Boston, 
and uh, the studio is going to have anywhere between 300 and 500 employees. And it's going to be uh, a lot of people have already worked on the original Cyberpunk game. A lot of leads from that game are going to be working at this Boston location. And they're going to be cranking out Cyberpunk 2077 Part 2. So uh, they're putting all of their – they're going all in. All the chips are on the table. And there was a video released recently from CD Projekt Red where they also indicated – now this is a no-brainer, but they've indicated they're going to be testing all games on all platforms equally moving forward, not just on PC. So you're telling me that when they do these games – and they're testing their code. They're only testing it on PC. And then they're like, yep, it works. Let's move forward. So that explains yeah. a lot of the problems. <laughs> well, I'm sure that they probably tested it on every platform, but they didn't thoroughly test it on every platform. They're just like, oh, yeah, it runs. It got through certification, yeah. so whatever. But like on PC, it was running great. It's like, yeah, well, your rigs are probably like the best fucking PC rigs you can buy. So, of course, it's running great on PC. Yeah. But um, this is cool. I mean, I this game isn't coming out for fucking ten years, so I don't understand. You know, I don't know why they're even bothering announcing it. I mean, it seems kind of silly, but um, well, I'd be curious to see. I mean, maybe they'll be able to use the original the cyberpunk platform and and make a new game relatively quickly. Maybe do a cyberpunk one point five or something like that, which would be kind of neat. Um, the game is like I said, I really enjoyed the game, but it de- it's still I still two years later definitely has a ton of bugs still. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, this is cool, um, and hopefully they've learned their lesson and they won't have the same issue with the next. And game. they're using the the new Unreal Engine for the new Witcher game, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's the new Unreal Engine for the new Cyberpunk game, which might sure. speed up development. So that uh, that will be also nice if that happens. So moving on, this is a this is an interesting one. Um, I posted a shorts video on our YouTube page. I'm probably going to do this from time to time. I've created a new uh, area for those a playlist for those to, to reside in. It was like a 15 second video. I had an email from Sony, and they were like, "Oh, get it while you can." And I went to the Sony website, PlayStation Direct, direct.playstation.com, and they had the uh, PlayStation Five available in stock. And uh, I have seen photos recently of PlayStation 5 sitting on shelves. And uh, are we through it is the question. PlayStation 5 is finally available. Indefinitely, maybe. Uh, I don't know about it. I mean, I would say that there it's, it's going to be a slow ramp. It's not going to be just all of a sudden we can find them. So, yeah, there are probably stores that you can see them at, but they're probably not freaking, you know, mom and pops in – BFE or something like that, but uh, I think that eventually, probably with within the next year or so, it's going to be easy for you to get one, which is crazy because that'll be about halfway through the PS5 life cycle. But um, you know, that's it is what it is. I mean, they're they've done a bunch of stuff. They've made new versions of the console so that it's easier to make and all this stuff. Chips are getting easier to make. Um, supply chains coming back. A little bit, uh, so <laughs> Excuse me. yeah, I don't know. This is this is good though. I'm on PlayStation Direct right now, just so you know. And there is a camouflage collection of PS5, uh, gray camouflage collection that is going to be available for pre-order starting October 14th. And uh, I think it looks hideous. <laughs> so, hmm. anyways, uh, that's available. I'm guessing that's a direct reflection on probably the new Call of Duty. 
uh, Modern Warfare 2 being released soon. Um, but anyways, it's not the bundle that you get with the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. It's its own thing. And I, this is so weird. Um, anyways, we'll keep moving on. But yeah, if you want a PS5, now get it while the getting's good right now. You don't have to pay top dollar for it. You'll pay what, it's, what it costs, but you don't have to get it from anybody. And then I wanted to let the listeners know that uh, they didn't really announce that this happened. Uh, they they did announce that it was that it came out in Asia, but the PlayStation Stars loyalty program is now available in the U.S. for our U.S. listeners. Um, so I signed up for it. Real simple. You just jump in, and uh, I'm in. I played a game in October. I got a bonus point, and uh, I'm just gonna try to rack up points. You get you get points. Now let me let me make this clear because there was some confusion. I believe if you purchase PlayStation Network games, they give you points for PlayStation loyalty. They just it doesn't have to be one of the special things. But if it's one of the special games that they list for the month, uh, you get bonus points for buying those games. But I believe your account is credited with points on all of your purchases on the PSN. Um, you, you're not pigeonholed to buy the specific games that they're telling you to get, but you do get bonuses if you do in fact buy those games within that time frame they'll give you bonus points so just to be clear that's the way that i understood it after doing some research but uh jake did you sign up for this yet uh no i have not so i have nothing to say about it it's free to sign up for i just want to start sure. getting towards those uh free gift cards um anyways moving forward uh there's this is this will come as good news to you jake and we all but figured this was going to happen. There's rumors that are confirming that PlayStation has struck a deal with Valve to get Half-Life Alex on the VR2. So uh, it's it's another one of those all but confirmed things at this point, which is fantastic news, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I would fucking buy a PSVR2 just to play this game. So I... I mean, obviously, I'm I'm being hyperbolic, but I I th- I think that uh, this this game is going to be a huge boon for PSVR because there's a lot of people that want to play it that are huge Half Life fans that aren't willing to spend the money required to get the VR units to play it on PC. So yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be uh, it'll be good though for sure. I can't wait. It'll be good for Valve too. I mean, an increase in game sales out of nowhere, right? Well, I also saw a news point. I don't know if, if you, so you – it's not on here, so maybe you didn't see it. But uh, they just recently announced that you'll be able to merge uh, uh, your PlayStation and Steam accounts. Wow. Now, we were talking about that a couple weeks ago about how – wondering if that was going to be a possibility or something. And it looks like it's going to be a thing. So it looks like there's some there's some shaking and moving going on between Valve and Sony. That's really cool. And just to top off the VR2 news, there was a rumor. Again, rumor, not verified. But apparently uh, some distributors are leaking or at least saying that they are being told that PSVR2 pre-orders are going to go live in December. So FYI. So my my big thing about that though is that like December is like the fucking placeholder for the year 2022. Mm-hmm. So it's like they could be asking and Sony could just be telling everybody December. 
until they make an official announcement. Yeah, but it's also just you know pre-order, I mean? so, not like an official, like, you can, it's releasing. Sure. It's not a release date. It's sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, but the fact that they don't, and it's, it's just like a, a month. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bizarre. All right. Moving on to the last news point for the day, unless you have something else, Jacob, to say. Herman Hulst, PlayStation dude, uh, has indicated that all of the AAA exclusive PS5 games, single player games, will not be releasing for at least a year after their initial console release date. However, some of the current live service games that they are working on will be a day and date release on console and PC. So, which makes sense if it's live service, you know, they're going to get the most out of their release. Um, but yeah, so, so the single player AAA, where you're just not going to be like probably in game purchases and all kinds of shit, um, are going to stay exclusive for a year. But I don't know. I guess business wise, that makes sense to me. What do you think? Well, if you if you think about it, live service games are already a low percentage bet of success. So they're just looking for one to hit. You right. Know? So the only way that it makes sense is to release them on as many platforms as possible at launch. That way they can try and suck up as much oxygen as they possibly can. I don't think that it would be possible for them to succeed any other way. If it was a PlayStation exclusive, I don't think it, it would be an anomaly if it worked. As a live service game, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're you're probably right. I mean, I mean, you are right. That has to be the reason. I, I don't know why they would uh, lessen their odds, right? Where they stand. Mm-hmm. Um, why would you reduce your odds? I don't know. When you're releasing something brand new like that, for sure. I'm just pulling up some games for the closing here, Jake. Uh, I know you're against doing these really long lists of upcoming games, but I don't know what's good and I don't know what's bad anymore. So I'll just go through it real quick. These are upcoming games for uh this this week. And this is uh coming via a list from list from Push Square. And uh we're just gonna go into all these crazy games. Alright, October tenth, Kamiwaza, Way of the Thief on PS4, October eleventh Asteragos, Curse of the Stars, PS5, PS4, No More Heroes 3 on PS5, PS4. October 12th, we're getting Lego Brick Tales on PS5, PS4, Unusual Findings on PS5 and PS4. And October 13th, we're getting Asterix and Obelix XXXL, The Ram from Hibernia, PS5, PS4, Fueled Up on PS4, The Eternal Cylinder on PS5, PS4, The Last Oriku on PS5, PS4, The Witch's House on uh, MV on PS4, WRC Generations PS5, PS4, October 14th, Cobra Kai 2, Dojo's Rising, PS5, PS4, Dragon Ball The Breakers, PS5, PS4, NHL 23 on PS5, PS4, Nickelodeon Kart Racers 3, Slime Speedway, PS5, PS4, PGA Tour 2K23, PS5, PS4, so a couple sports games, um, St. Kotar, PS5, PS4, Star Trek Prodigy, Supernova, PS4, Winter Games 2023 on PS4. So I would say that the uh, the big ones here are the sports games. I would say that that is uh, that's it. That's uh, those are the ones to look for. I don't know about the other ones to be honest. Um, Jake, do you have uh, anything you'd like to say before we close out? 
Uh, nope, I don't think so. I am gonna go destroy some stuff with my family. So what do you what do you destroy? We'll, uh, leave it at that. Um, we have some <laughs> some stuff at my parents' house that needs evidence demolished. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, just like some like out some stuff outdoors. That's fun. That's real fun. Um, and all right, so let's just close it off, guys. Thanks for tuning in. It's episode two hundred and. 44 of PS This Is Awesome. A little bit more of an abbreviated episode than the last couple, but this is normally about the length of our episodes. Ken, we'll get your sticker out to you. And uh, thanks to all the new listeners and thanks to all you guys for coming back and listening to us talk about video games. Hopefully we've talked about something here that you found interesting. And uh, you can always tune in on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, all that good stuff. That being said, y'all enjoy your week. We'll be back next week with episode 245, and I plan on getting some gaming in this week. So we'll see uh, what I dive into. And don't forget, Plague Tale Requiem um, is coming out uh, soon, the 18th, I believe. So it's on its way. So like uh, yummy, yummy cooking jam, you don't know Jack in Yo-Yo's Puzzle Park. P.S. P.S. This is awesome. This is awesome.